0: Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my fiance Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been it's been a week here. It, it's, it has. It's November twenty first, nineteen ninety eight, and. My beautiful, blushing fiancé and I are both ill. Yes. And she looks alarmed. (laughs) Something going on?
1: I feel a little sick, but yeah. It's all good.
0: Okay, well, you know, if one of us has to excuse ourselves, then the other one, I guess, will carry on. Right. Because of our sickness, uh, having... uh, Colds. Uh, what do they call? What do they call those colds? A cold, cold is a type of coronavirus. It is a type of coronavirus. That is yeah, true. So we have a type of coronavirus, uh, and we don't feel good.
1: No. <laughs> no, no, we do not.
0: So because of that, I didn't. Uh, I didn't um, read the newspaper. I was so tired. I didn't read the newspaper. My brain was so fogged with sickness. But it wasn't too fogged to trek out to a movie theater <laughs> and put a lot of people at risk oh, for on. one of the number one movies uh, in America this week. Enemy, Enemy, Enemy of, of the, the States. States. So, Carol, what do you think of? of what do you think of Enemy of the State? I
1: gotta say, I didn't love it. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad movie, but it's not. Great.
0: So, what did you think? I mean, there were parts of it I liked. There are parts of it I didn't love. Um, it's hard to put my finger on something about this movie doesn't work a hundred percent for me. I am. I think I would give it a tepid recommendation, but not a full throated recommendation. It's a Tony Scott film. Uh, Tony Scott, brother of Ridley Scott and director of such films as Top Gun, uh, Days of Thunder, and uh, The the Fan. Remember we watched The Fan two years ago? Oh, yeah. With Robert De Niro. Same
1: actor, wasn't it, right?
0: Robert De Niro?
1: Oh, no. Never
0: mind. Yep. No. (laughs) Completely wrong. But uh, anyway, so uh, Tony Scott has a history of like a mistrust for big government authority. He seems okay on the military, but he's like throughout his filmography, he seems distrustful or in a lot of his movies, he did, um, uh, Crimson Tide too. He directed that. Yeah. So that's another, that's another situation. And Gene Hackman was, yeah, I was going
1: to say at least that's one movie.
0: That's another situation where it's like, um, the like the bureaucrats in charge they're the bad guys and this movie is very much the same way the bad mm-hmm. guys in this movie are the is the government essentially so that kind of you know that i think further's his general themes of that um he uh <laughs> he um he loves, he, usually, it's funny because he loves, um, like, warm color palettes, uh-huh. you know? like I think Does of, he? Yeah, I mean, generally, I think of Days of Thunder, I think of Top Gun. They're very warm movies. Hmm. This movie uh, is very cold. Everything has, like, a blue sheen to it. There's a lot of blue. It's a very cold, like, color movie.
1: Yeah, well... Like I said, I I feel like that's because we're supposed to be looking at it as though we're looking through surveillance in a lot of scenes, not every scene, but a lot of the scenes.
0: That's an interesting point. And I think, thinking back on it now, so this this movie essentially, uh, it stars Will Smith and Gene Hackman. Uh, Will Smith plays a lawyer uh, named, uh, what's his name, Robert Dean, and... He's like a, a DC uh, labor attorney. His wife is a member of the ACLU, and there's a lot of talk. So there's a lot of talk about Democrats and liberals mm. and and <clears throat> Republicans and uh, like all that kind of stuff in this movie. But um, anyway, so he gets Will Smith gets a Jason Lee Mulrat's own Jason yes. Lee <laughs> accidentally. F- Films the murder of Jason Robards. Actor Jason Robards, who play he's playing some congressman. Basically, they want this privacy bill to uh, be passed through Congress, and this is going to allow the government to spy even more than they already are. I guess, but if you if you late, like if you take the movie at face value, yeah, they already it, spy they, an awful like, lot. What do the, what do they need? What more do they need?
1: Well, maybe it just makes what they're already doing legal, and maybe it's not.
0: So the n s a is just doing a bunch of illegal shit right now, John Voigt, who looks like I a vi- hate him. who looks like a villain, and according to a lot of reports, including his own daughters, is an actual real life villain uh yeah he just he he he's easily he's just an easy villain yeah
1: he just I, every time I look at him, I just viscerally don't like him
0: he looks like a prick, yeah it's like that uh that evolutionary thing where. Someone passes by and you feel cold because like, the, then you find out later they're a serial killer. <laughs> but anyway, so they kill Jason Robards because he won't. He's a Republican, but he's against this bill, which I would assume most Republicans would be against this bill because government overreach is supposed to be something that Republicans are right. against. They, they, they talk a lot about security and terrorism and like the balance between... The theme of this mo- movie is essentially privacy and like your inherent right to privacy and the importance of privacy rights i think this this
1: movie is very much big brother is watching yes um it it's very like fahrenheit 451 i think the, yeah exactly
0: <clears throat> i think the um 1984 yeah like i think the i think the point is to scare everyone to be like oh, hey, yeah. hey it's like a techno thriller so the point is for everyone to be like oh fuck you know it's you know it's it's like Sandra Bullock's The Net, but yes! scarier.
1: Very much like that movie. But you know what? I enjoyed The Net. I, I can't say I enjoyed this movie. Yeah, it was too long, and <laughs> there was too
0: much politics. So the movie has a pacing issue.
1: Well, half the time too, I didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. I'm sorry. Like I, I they yeah. they went a little above my head. I, I hate saying that because it makes me feel stupid. But they did.
0: They did. There there are definitely parts of this movie where they're like. They're like, catch up, you know, kind of like they're just they're really just like bang, bang, bang through it. There's a lot of jargon in the movie and everything. So I I, I definitely see what you're saying there. Um, yeah, you can't
1: be using terminology that the general public won't understand if you want the movie to appeal to the general public.
0: Yeah, I know that they're trying to strike a balance between realism and like, uh, you know, like realism, like these are how these people would talk to each other. And, but also, you have, to, you have to be able to communicate it to the audience. But, um, so my, my point was, at one point, he meets up with Gene Hackman, who used to work for the NSA, designed a lot of the surveillance equipment, and then got out and lives off the grid. And um, mo- there are moments in this movie where the color palette changes to much warmer. And reflecting on it now, because I think that's a good point that you make about it's supposed to mimic, like, being surveilled. When he first comes home to his house to talk to his his wife and his his son, before they're on to him, uh-huh. it's a warm color palette in their house. Afterwards, their house is cold throughout the re- almost the rest of the movie. When he meets Gene Hackman and he starts, like, uh, taking all the the bugs and stuff off of him, the color palette warms. And like huh. and as they're like it seems like now that I'm thinking about it, I'd have to rewatch it and try to pinpoint every time it warms, but I think every time the color palette warms it's when they're being less and less surveilled. Because there are times there are times they get away from from that a lot.
1: Yeah, I didn't notice that, but that makes a lot of sense.
0: Um this was filmed in CinemaScope, which I guess is to be expected for those of you that don't know cinemascope is a Uh, 2.35 to 1 ratio basically it's a wide a wide uh aspect ratio the black bar is on the top and the bottom you know not exactly letterboxed but uh but that makes sense because it's an action movie most action movies you want to be able to see uh the the whole frame. you want more frame side Mm -hmm. to side as opposed to to up and down unless it's like a Godzilla movie or something like that, something with, like, tall scale. Or um, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park was filmed in, uh, like, 1.85 to 1 with taller aspect ratio. Um, But anyway, uh, so, you know, it's wide-angle lenses, all that stuff. Um, The other thing, too, so I liked – the other thing I liked, I liked the cinematography quite a bit – cinematography is like it's all low low key lighting, like one light source, like uh, key light. There's a lot of shadow and everything. Um, you know, you light something like this, uh, like more like a sitcom and it's not going to feel the way no. it feels. But there's a lot of boardroom scenes. It's a lot of like NSA people walking around tables and talking about. Who they're going to kill next. Yeah, it's
1: kind of weird to me how many people were aware of this murder that they're trying to cover up the whole movie. It's like if you have. And they keep killing people. Yeah, if you have 10 dudes who know about somebody being killed, like it's not going to stay hidden.
0: Yeah, they're all semi stars. I mean, we got Seth Green from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We've got Jack Black from uh, that movie we just saw. I still know what you did last summer. We've got uh, Jamie Kennedy from the, a scare or the the what's it called uh, Scream from the Scream movies, the two Scream movies. Didn't he get killed? I think he got killed in the second one. I don't remember. I don't know. His character died. But anyway, uh, so you got him. They're all part of like the techie were nerds thing. Then you've got two, two like, and they're in the same scene too, which is so funny to me you have got two chi- children of stars that are also in this movie. they're the mercenaries, uh, Scott Kahn, son of James Kahn, and um uh, Jake Busey, Gary Busey's you know horse teeth son.
1: <laughs> That's nice.
0: Well, they're both they both have big teeth. I guess. But anyway, so uh, that kind of fills out John Voight's crew and also Elliot from ET.
1: <laughs> is one of
0: the high uh, the high like people in there or whatever. Interesting. I think he's like his second in command. <clears throat> but they the one of the things that um What? Nothing. You're just <laughs> you're really not even here, I don't think.
1: I'm here. I'm um, right here.
0: One of the things that um that uh I think hurts the movie is that their plan, the way they go about their plan, is convoluted and stupid. So, Jason Lee slips him. Jason Lee, uh, he he makes videotapes of uh, ducks.
1: Yeah, like the migratory
0: the, patterns of ducks. Yeah, and he inadvertently captures the murder on tape. Sees it, and they've already bugged his phone. All that stuff. How do they bug his phone remotely? Like, they just have that capability, too. It's like, so, so why do they, they later go in and bug people's phones with actual bugs? Like, that means that they have access to everybody's phone, then, I guess.
1: It, it kind of seems like some of this movie is an exaggeration or possibly, you know, fictionalized. Oh, it
0: has to be. There's one point where, so Jason Lee discovers <clears throat> this. He, sit, like, talks to this guy he knows in a paper, and he's like, I'm going to fucking bring you this murder uh, stuff. I'm telling you, right over a regular phone. And um, he's like, "Cool, come in. We'll be, we'll both be fine." <laughs> and um, so he goes to come in, and then he, he's like s- being chased down by by Scott Kahn and uh, and Jake Busey, and he's running around. There's this big chase scene and everything. He runs into a lingerie store where Will Smith is trying to pick out lingerie for a Christmas gift for Regina King, his wife. Yeah, this is stupid too. And in this lingerie store. They have lingerie models just walking around, and they try on the lingerie for you, and they're like, hey, what do you think? Like, Look at look at it on her. What does it look like? You want that on your wife?
1: Yeah. Weird. I, I don't think such a place exists. That seems like fiction as well.
0: Yeah, it's so weird. Maybe in Los Angeles, not in Washington, D.C.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've never heard of anything like that. The
0: seedy, the seedy part of D.C. is the underbelly. It's not like... They, it's not. It doesn't have big like fancy department stores. Uh-huh. That's so an LA thing and not a Washington DC thing. But anyway, Jason Lee happens to run through there, and they happen to know each other. Right? They went to Georgetown together. I guess he went to Georgetown for photography and knew a fucking. Uh, um, or I guess he. I guess he went for like some sort of ornithological thing. Like yeah, a, I think he was more like a scientist. But anyway. Still, Georgetown wouldn't be my first guess. For a lawyer, sure. But um, anyway, so they happen to know each other, which seems like kind of, you know, a long shot. And he slips it into his bag, the tape, because he knows they're coming after him. So then, later, when they're trying to figure out what the fuck happened to this tape, because they want it back. They pull up surveillance footage inside. Oh yeah, this is ridiculous. And, like they just have instant access to that. Like every store surveillance footage just comes to them. Like what the fuck?
1: Well, and they can zoom in.
0: That's what I was gonna say.
1: And pivot around as though the like you you can't do that.
0: That's the fictionalized part. Like that's yeah. They're like oh the shadow changing and like and all the stuff and everything. It's like. I bet you that the NSA has very sophisticated stuff. You can go on Microsoft on the computer mm-hmm. and you can see an image of your house. Like you can see a you can see the roof of your house um like from a satellite image. Really? Right? So if I can see that on a regular computer, I'll bet you they have very sophisticated things like this with satellites and everything. However, I don't believe that they have a computer that's like, oh, you know, we know exactly what the other side of that bag looks like. Right. How would it? It could only be a guess.
1: Well, I think they actually said something like that, like that it was a guess based on like the dimensions or something like that.
0: But even then, like, I don't think that could be anywhere near reliable. No, I agree. It wouldn't be. But, yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. Oh, like, you know, and, like, the way, like, the speed of it and everything it was just like, oh, uh, rotate 90 degrees, uh, punch in there 10 times, like, and all that stuff. it's like, and it's a crystal clear image.
1: I was glad when they asked for somebody's face and they're like, oh, can't do it. He never looked up. Like, I was glad that they acknowledged any kind of a limitation to anything.
0: Right. Yeah, well, they're like, yeah, the the um, the satellites, uh, whatever, 10 miles above Earth, uh It can't fucking look
1: sideways,
0: (laughs) but yeah, like that's the thing is that they do eventually win by pitting the government against the mob, and then everyone just dies. Like that's also a really fucking weird ending. I I guess I I um I give it a little credit for like originality. Sure, I suppose. But it's weird to end the movie with just a bloody shootout where all sides die and Will Smith hides under a table and is fine.
1: Yeah, he's the only one that makes it out of that room, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. And um, the police come, and I guess they question him a little bit, but then it's like, oh, all charges are dropped, and you're cleared of every single. Like, your life is. Because they ruined his life. They planted stories about, like, you know, he's involved in this murder, he did this, blah, 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 blah. He's. You know, he's been uh, embezzling money, all this shit. He
1: lost his job. Yeah. His wife gets mad at him because she finds out... Well, This is on him, though. He's been lying to her. 100%, yeah. About, like, continuing to see this woman he had an affair with. F- yeah. For business reasons, supposedly. It's but- Denise Huxtable. Yeah. It was interesting.
0: Yeah, so uh, Lisa Bonet, I think her name is. Um, she, uh, yeah, she plays, like, his... His go-between to someone that can get him information and everything. And she pays a bunch of, <laughs> or she charges him a bunch of money for it and everything, right? Um. So, but he had an fare with her four years prior. And he's still using her in this capacity. Yeah, that's And lying fucked about up. it.
1: Yeah. That's absolutely <laughs> fucked up. And, like, their relationship did not seem resolved. At all. No. Like the way they're talking to each other and stuff.
0: There's a lot in this movie that like isn't resolved. Like I said, the like everything with like that they ruined his life and everything is just undone by in one newspaper article, <laughs> one newspaper headline. It's like, oh, OK, I guess I guess he's fine.
1: Yeah. Well, like even his wife gets mad because she finds out he's been lying to him. And then at the end of the movie, everything's cool. She's all right. Like she just trusts him and forgives him. Why? Like he did nothing to earn that.
0: No, he didn't. He did nothing during it. You're right. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but um, one thing that I did like a lot about this. Well, so I was. Yeah, I was saying that the conclusion of this movie, where it's just like a slaughter. It, what do you know? What it reminded me of? Huh? It reminded me of the comedy scene in Dirty Work. Oh where yeah. They, where they plant the the fish in the the drug dealer's house, uh-huh. and they're just standing in the other room, and it's there's like just a bunch of gunshot sounds and everything. And it's like, ah, he's killing me with my own chainsaw and all that shit and everything. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of, but it's supposed to be a serious movie. It's like Jason. He's killing me. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, Rob, that was that character's <laughs> name. Um, but anyway, so ridiculous. Ridic- at the ending, I thought, was ridiculous and over the top. Yeah. Um, and then, like, all the, the people that that get out alive they didn't go in there his little underlings you know and stuff they're like oh we thought it was a training op and all that they're still like trying to stick up for John Void even though John Void is so dead <laughs> right um but yeah the like the ending doesn't seem earned in any way that's one of my big problems with the movie but one thing i did really like was gene hackman yeah it's always nice to see gene hackman on screen he was fantastic
1: yeah, he did. He did do a nice job. It reminds
0: sure. me a lot of he played a spy of sorts, like a like a espionage guy in a movie called The Conversation. Okay, which was a lot better movie than this movie is. Um, but uh, he, it reminded me a lot of that. Like his role here reminded me a lot of his role in that movie, and the place that he's living, his little hideout, the jar is very reminiscent of his like headquarters in the conversation. Huh. So much so that I think it must be a deliberate nod.
1: Okay. Interesting.
0: Um but yeah, like he was fantastic and Will Smith was really good too. Oh
1: Will Smith thought was really good.
0: Acting yeah. wise, it it was very good. Um like I said, there the action I thought was good. There were there were a lot of things I liked about the movie, but Here's what I here's where I think I'm at. I liked, I liked the parts. I liked a lot of parts of this uh-huh. movie, but I didn't like the sum.
1: Yeah, and like like for me personally, it just dragged way too much.
0: Well, yeah, it had, the movie like I said, the movie has like severe pacing problems. It starts out fairly action-y uh-huh. because of the murder and everything. It almost like a John Grisham movie or something, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. And then it kinda builds from there and you're getting some good building and you get like um you get a lot of like espionage stuff going on, but it takes too long to get to Gene Hackman. Uh-huh. And then once we get to Gene Hackman, it takes a little bit too long till their plan like fully crystallizes. And then it just, and then like, and then we're sprinting to the finish. Like, let's go. This movie's over two hours now. Let's finish this <laughs> shit.
1: You know, there was uh, the one scene though where he meets this dude <clears throat> who mm. take, remember, I can't remember like the name or anything, but like he was like, oh, you know, you're bugged and he takes one of the bugs off him. And then later Gene Hackman's taking like a billion uh, bugs uh, off yeah, of him Gabriel and stuff. Byrne, yeah. But like, yeah, Gabriel Byrne. Why did he trust him in the first place? Like that, that seemed
0: stupid too. Lisa Bonet told him that she always meets the dude at this one place on this ferry or whatever this like uh, certain seat, so he he looks or he's like he goes there to meet him, and he's like waiting around. he thinks he's gonna meet him, and then Gabriel Byrne comes up to him after they get off, and he's like, "I had to make sure you were okay and everything, and he's like, "Are you Brill because that's like the guy's code name or whatever?" Right. and he goes and he goes, "No, Brill's dead. He died in a field or whatever when he was two years old. Uh, you know, I took his name or or whatever like, but he pretends that he's the guy he's looking for. So that's why he trusted him.
1: I guess. I and he seemed suspicious right away to me.
0: Well, yeah, I agree and he was because he was part of the NSA thing. Um But yeah. Overall, I would say give it I think you can wait. Yeah. I honestly think you can wait to watch it.
1: I mean, if you really want to watch it, maybe it would be enhanced with popcorn. Uh, but <laughs> it's not enhanced in any way by being on the big screen. So. It's
0: more of a popcorn movie for sure.
1: So I don't know. It's like for me to tell people to wait to watch something at home, it's like giving up the popcorn just seems like a big, big ass.
0: I think it's a little bit too technical for most people and i don't think the script is smart enough for you know people really interested in the minutia of tech yeah so i think it's essentially for no one agreed um but there are parts of the movie that i think are entertaining and you know tony scott did a good job like he you know he usually does a good job directing it's it's a co- it's a competently directed movie yeah um i just uh Yeah, like I said, I think the best way to say it is I liked parts of it, but the whole doesn't really hit for me. Um, One thing I want to talk about before we go, Mm -hmm. we don't usually do like an epilogue or whatever, but I forgot to bring it up up top because we didn't have any news per se, but we did see a trailer. We saw a trailer uh, before this movie, a trailer for a movie coming out like six months from now, but still... Uh Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom oh, Menace. Yeah. Uh and I thought we'd we'd talk about that real quick. Thoughts on uh the Star Wars trailer. It's about two minutes long, and it's it 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 seems to show quite a bit without showing much. Mm-hmm. It's it's really weird. I
1: don't know. I mean, like, I'm excited to see the movie though.
0: I'm very excited. I it's probably the most anticipated movie, like Fucking in the last ten years, maybe um, we see Liam Neeson uh, from Schindler's List as some kind of Jedi. Um, there's uh, Ewan McGregor who is in uh, Train Spotting. He's playing a young Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> there's um, we see uh, Samuel L. Jackson looks to be like part of like a Jedi Council. Or I love
1: Samuel L. Jackson, head of
0: the Jedi Council or something like that. We see Yoda. He's there, and then of course C three PO and R two D two. But then, other than that, it's like, you know, every generation a hero will rise. And, like, you just see... Oh, and we see Jake Lloyd, a little kid who is in uh, Jingle All the Way. He's playing a young Anakin Skywalker, like, I guess.
1: Like, the, the boy, the the son in that movie?
0: Yeah. Oh, the one, interesting. The one... Uh, i have got to get a turbo <laughs> It's, uh, like, such a good idea to cast Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, uh, I've got to get the turbo mandal." <laughs> It was um, a funny movie. It was fine. But yeah, I thought that was interesting too. So obviously, it's a movie we'll be reviewing when it comes out. For I'm sure. I'm excited to see it. Uh, but that is the episode for the week. Carol, why don't you tell the people where to go when they're not sick?
1: <laughs> so you can write us at latefee 1994 com. Yeah,
0: wish us a speedy recovery.
1: <laughs> Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Uh huh. And share the tapes with your friends. Right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.